the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, 9 o'clock. Moving to the next hour of the Dave Ellswick Show. My thanks to Ryan Norris for coming in from uh, Americans for Prosperity, Arkansas chapter, talking about some of the things that they talked about during that whole week in uh, Chicago and uh, going over important issues and then talking to you about how you play an important part in making sure that those uh, things happen here on a state level in Arkansas. And I'll, I'll repeat my statement to you that I made at the end again. Uh, you either get involved with politics or politics will get involved with you. And typically when politics get involved with you, it's not good. Uh, things have happened that you're going to end up losing rights. And we've lost rights here in our country over the last few years because uh, so many of you said, government, take care of me. Protect me. Let me tell you what. The government loves it when you're willing to give them more power. They just love that. And uh, you found out that you were lied to during that time. Fauci lied to you. Uh, they, they, they all told you basic lies about everything that was going on. And now, if you're listening closely, ever so I don't know, silently maybe right now, but the drumbeat has started about COVID again. It's going on again. And uh, I'm happy that the governor came out on Facebook with the statement she made about won't shut down the state, not going to do what Asa did. It's just not going to happen that way again. And she didn't bring up Asa's name, but she didn't have to. I mean, we all lived through it. We all know what happened. And uh, I'll give them credit. I I will give them grace for about the first three weeks of COVID because they didn't know exactly what they were dealing with. But when they found out, and I know in the upper echelons of government, they found out they were being lied to, that they didn't make the necessary changes they needed to make. That's on them. And I'm going to be honest, that's on Trump. Even Trump fell for it. I mean, and, and Trump, not a stupid person by a long shot. But he fell for it. I mean, look, he fell for Fauci for a long time. He really did. Who was that lady's name? Bricks? Was that her name? Oh, I don't remember. I can't remember exactly. I mean, she tried to stay out of the limelight kind of on that. But still, you know, she, uh, at least she was one of them early on that said, I don't know about this mask thing. All right. But Fauci, everybody got down on their knees, you know, and uh, worshipped that guy. Look. The government is not the answer to most anything. Maybe in a time of war, they have, they're the answer at that point because they're the ones that can put everything together to go to war. And even then, politicians are not the best people in the world to run a war. We found that out in Vietnam. Yes? Yes. Okay. Got that cleared up. We found that out as well as over in the Middle East as, as well. 
Jennifer, how are you today? I'm well. Excited to be here with you. I asked Jennifer Lancaster to come on. She's a district chair, second district here in uh, Arkansas. The first district chair, that's my district, by the way, up in Lone Oak. Uh, Sarah Dunklin is with us. Hello, Sarah. How are you? Doing great. Thank you for having me. I heard that you're not feeling good today. I can tell you. See, I don't hear all that excitement in your voice I always hear. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'm making it so all good just a little congested okay not 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 uh not covid is it uh no okay <laughs> i had to throw that in there just because i way i led into it because they are they're beating the drum about it again does that not worry you no i think people are smarter than they were the first round so um you know i, I don't believe that people are going to do the same or that they did before agree to be locked down so that's my personal opinion okay good how about you jennifer i agree i think our people are smarter than that um i know a lot of people who didn't comply the first time and they're not going to comply the second time so well, i hope everyone stays strong i sure hope that uh, you both are right I, I really do i hope that you both are right on that Hey, uh, Aaron, I'm sending I'm sending to you uh, what the governor had to say about uh, COVID. I'm trying to get it to you right now. Let me uh, do that and uh, be able to talk about it here in just a moment. But I want uh, everybody to hear it who may not have heard it. I, I thought it was one of the strongest statements I've seen in a while from a governor on this stuff. So I want to have both of you on to talk to you about the future of the Republican Party. And uh, I think it's something that needs to be talked about. I understand we've gone through some difficult times in the past. I mean, the grassroots of Arkansas many times have uh, offered their feet. And by that, I mean they go out and they knock doors for candidates and, and other people, and they give their money to the, to the, uh, the state uh, uh, party treasury and things of that nature but when push comes to shove and people are bringing ideas to the party nobody wants to hear what they have to say am i wrong or am i right i'll start with you jennifer i you're right um what we're seeing currently is that the people are recognizing that that government is taking control it's not even asking anymore and as you mentioned earlier um, in the introduction uh, many people just handed over their rights to the government, and the government was happy to take yeah. it, but now it's just taking it. Um, it's not waiting for us to abdicate our rights. And um, so what people are now wanting to do is get involved in, in politics, get involved in the party, and bringing fresh new ideas. And we're seeing a clash between those new folks and the people who have been involved in the party longer um, than than these new than many of these new people now that's not to say they haven't been involved but maybe in different areas that they have been involved so we're seeing some new ideas coming in and some pushback from that um but you know people we all need to be able to sit down and talk about these ideas and hear each other out and it's the exchange of ideas and being receptive to new people and new ideas that's going to make us better and stronger all right how about you sarah what do you what do you think um, I agree, and I think that that a lot of it, though, is also, you know, people that have been in the party a long time 
uh, who are just seeing our rights being stripped from us and seeing the changes that are taking place. And I think there are those that want a slow roll change and kind of enjoy the status quo. Then there are those of us who see the urgency of the situation. And uh, those that see the urgency of the situation, you know, we want things fixed in a very uh, expedient manner that outpaces the stripping of our rights. And so, um, and then also I see that, you know, there's, there's those that believe the platform that we don't really have to stand for everything in our platform. We can just kind of pick and choose. And then there are those of us who believe that, um, like I do, that we should, we should support the platform. So I think um, the platform will become an ever-increasing um, important document as, as time goes on towards 24. So. Well, I've been preaching that for several years now. Uh, about the platform. I mean, if, if you don't want to adhere to the platform, I, mean, I talk about every plank of the platform because that is the will of the Republican Party. That's the people of the Republican Party. Then uh, I believe the party has the right to tell you you can't run as a Republican. And we, I would agree with you. Um, and I started to say we because I, I think uh, Sarah would agree as well. Um, we have, we use the platform as a litmus test. That is how we distinguish between Republicans and Democrats. And, and when people do not adhere to that platform, then I think we have not just a right but a duty to point that out. And uh, because otherwise we just have Democrats running as Republicans, right? In a, in a solid conservative mm-hmm. state, we yeah, have Yeah, because they know that's the only way to get elected. Exactly. And now we can't, we're not closing our primaries, unfortunately. We're, Sarah and I are both fighting for that. Um, diligently, but uh, the party is refusing to close that, even though it is a part of our party's platform. Now, let me just say this. I, I want to bring this up because I was there at the at the meeting on that Saturday. There were more people who voted for closed primaries that day than have in the past, and it seemed to me that uh, there was a maybe a little bit of a buckling of the knees somewhat from from the uh, the other side that well we need to do a couple of things before we can have that now they're on they're basically on online as saying that we can get some more things done do you think that sarah let me ask you do you think since you're from my district i'll let you talk first uh do you think that I'm right in that assessment, or am, am I overly optimistic? Well, I, I don't think you're overly optimistic. I think the times, you know, that we live in are, are uncertain, and so people have uh, different perspectives on how to handle that. Um, actually, I believe that the last state meeting where it was brought up, we were eight votes away, so we were actually further away at this meeting. So uh, that's one point. And then I think there was some, some, I'll say, buckling for sure of, of those who believe in doing it, but just maybe a difference of opinion of how to get there. And I think that was mainly based on confusion points in the meeting where uh, facts were stated incorrectly. This is simply done at the poll same day. I think there was confusion mm-hmm. over that that, you know, wouldn't wouldn't be. So, in other words, before you're handed a ballot, before you're issued a ballot, whether that be um, an absentee ballot 
um, or you know, or a uh, in-person ballot. So I think there was some confusion over that, but I think it's direct, definitely the direction we need to go. We are seeing you know more Democrats file as Republicans. We're seeing good, strong conservatives. Um, you know, not make it in races that, um, you know, particularly there was a race in the fourth district where that happened. But, but anyway, um, you know, where so we're seeing this this kind of trend, and we are the Republican Party. So if you're not willing to call yourself a Republican, you know, how what would give you the right to vote for our nominee? Well, here, so, you know, what you're saying goes into the number, the second thing that was voted on is that you have to declare that you're a Republican to run as a Republican and that it wasn't an overwhelming majority of people who believe that and that the AG's office was there screaming, don't do this, or God, blue sky, or whatever it was that the guy said, <laughs> as though it was some kind of uh, uh, terrible thing that we would tell people that they have to declare that they're a Republican, to be a, to be a Republican. Right. So before I leave the close the close primary issue and move to that issue, I would like to just state that you know uh, Idaho has a is a red state with a closed Republican primary, and I've, I've spoken with the state party chair there, and the the Democrats who are advocating for ranked choice voting mm. in that state are are pairing that trying they have a closed primary in Idaho, and they were trying to open. The primary. So Democrats in Idaho, which is a red, deep red state with a closed primary, the same Democrats that are um, pushing ranked choice voting are also pushing opening the primaries so they can vote in the Republican primary. So I think it's very clear that Democrats want uh, our primaries open. But on the other issue, um, being a Republican, just simply registering as a Republican <laughs> to run with our party before that's, you, you know, just that's a no-brainer. Yeah, moment, right up to the moment you pay your filing fee, right to the party, you can do it, you know, three minutes before you pay your filing fee or whatever. That that is to me absurd. Um, if you're not, we do actually have elected officials um, that are not registered Republicans, um, so. It's problematic and pretty much a no-brainer, like you say. Yeah, Jennifer? I completely agree. It is a no-brainer. I can't even believe we're having to talk about this. Um, I agree with that wholeheartedly. uh, Yes, I'm a Republican before I run as a Republican. I cannot believe we're having this discussion. Um, And it was shocking to see who voted against it. But one point of clarification before I continue on that, um, it was uh, general counsel for the Republican Party of Arkansas that was screaming at the mic not not to do it. Yes, it wasn't the AG. Why why was that? Do you you have a... Any insight into that? I, I don't have insight as to why he did it or what the purpose. Obviously, um, I well, would try to scare people off. Exactly. It, for some reason, that is the position of the RPA right now, that they do not want to force people to say they are Republicans before they run as Republicans. Um, so we, Sarah and I both voted in favor of that rule change, but a number, many, um, elected officials. So if you notice, since you were at that meeting, that room was filled with elected officials. So pretty overwhelming. It's unlike our state conventions where we have more of the people from the different counties. Um, that room was 
filled with elected officials. And surprisingly, um, Sarah, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was the governor, um, many of her staff, a lot of the elected officials that voted against requiring this, um, requiring candidates to be Republicans before running as Republicans and, and also against the closed primaries. Um, going back to the closed primaries, I'd just like to point out that there seems to be just a push from the party to keep them open because last year when it was brought up, um, there was arguments were made and they were um, they were incorrect, whether that was intentional or not, I don't know. But they were saying that there was law that prevented us from closing our primaries, and that is absolutely untrue. The Supreme Court has ruled on that and said that the parties are in charge of their primaries and how they run them. So it is certainly within the party's um, uh, rights uh, and ability to close our primaries and to put any other kind of restrictions, if you will, on those primaries. So All we right. can do it. All right. Back with you. By the way, I said that the uh, the governor did a good job. Is this long enough? Do we have enough time to play this? We do. All right. Here's what the governor had to say about COVID. I wanted you to hear it. COVID lockdowns killed businesses, tore apart communities, and stunted our kids' education. And now they're talking about doing it again. So let me be clear. As long as I'm governor, Arkansas will never lock down. We will not close our schools, our churches, or our businesses. We will never make you or your children wear a mask. And we will never, ever have a COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Government should never loom larger than individual liberty in our lives. That's the principle our nation was founded on. And if the federal government ever comes to tell us to shut down again, my administration will fight to keep Arkansas free. All right. There you go. I'm all about that. I appreciate that Sarah came out and made that statement. Now, of course, push comes to shove. We've got to see what happens uh, because I think the shoving is going to come again. I agree. I think it will also, and I applaud our governor. I think um, I love that bold stand that she's taking. Um, I will say I think it's very, very sad, though, that we're to a point in our country where an elected official feels the need to come out and say that to the people. Um, I don't think that would have even been a topic Five, even five years ago, ten years ago, I don't think we'd have governors coming out saying, hey, I'm not going to take your rights. Yeah. <laughs> I think the people would be like, well, of course you're not. Yeah. <laughs> but now we're to a point where people are applauding, and that's, that's sad that we're at this point. Okay, so I've been, I've been alive for 70 years, so I'm applauding her because <laughs> I remember what it used to be like, okay? I really do. I re- Look, so people ask me about my father. My father served with Patton in World War II. And and they say, what would your dad think about this, Dave? And I said, he'd be cleaning his M1 again because this is what he fought against. Mm -hmm. This is exactly what he fought against. All right, back with you. And then uh, something I was just telling Jennifer about, let me just say one last thing to you. I can say this out loud, and that is I'll be watching them, okay, Okay. to make sure that things don't try to go too far, just so you know. Uh, Bottom line. Let's get back to, to Sarah Dunklin. And, and Sarah, we were just sitting here talking. And uh, do you think that if Republicans would really stand up and be Republicans, that more people would flock to our party or less people would flock to our party? More people, for sure. I mean, that's why abuse nationwide uh those frustrated with the Republican Party, our base is extremely frustrated. So, 
you know, even in the Arkansas legislature, if Republicans would just block vote on contested issues instead of having some of the Republicans vote with the Democrats, when we have, you know, 30 or 35 percent voting as a block together, then the rest vote with the Democrats on contested issues. If we saw things like that, um, you know, kind of go by the wayside and, and Republicans stand together and stand strong, um, we could really really fight some of this uh, and push back against some of this overgrown government and um, all the new things that are happening um, in the world. So it's a big deal uh, for sure. And that's that's what the average everyday Arkansan who's a Republican wants to see. So, Have, Have you found that as you talk to people who are Republicans that some of this philosophical stuff that's been that's being talked uh, out in everyday conversation. I, I'm, I'm doing a, a class in my life group at New Life Church right now called Well Versed, talking about biblical principles about the issues of today. And uh, we haven't got into the issues yet, but I was just doing foundational things with them uh, over this first weekend. Uh, there's a lot of people within the church that allowed, have allowed themselves to be convinced that LBGTQ is nothing to be worried about, that uh, wokeness is not anything to be, working, uh, you know, be worried about. They're not willing to stand up against that kind of stuff, and that's, that, that, that reflects itself, I think, in the Republican Party as well, because Let's face it, we can say it without any kind of hesitation. It's a party that still believes in God. The other one doesn't. They've made that clear. So go go ahead and can you talk about that just a little bit? Well, as far as wokeness, I think any, you know, I think that uh, basically, you know, anytime we see drag queen shows where, you know, drag queens reading books to kids and, and um, you know, gender change permanent surgeries and you know that type of thing although we don't experience much of that in arkansas um, these are permanent changes to children that are too young to even get a tattoo right we don't let them get a tattoo till they're 18 because that's a permanent body change Um, these are very concerning things and so for the for the church i think I think what I've seen out there is is really the opposite. I think that churches are getting more involved. Churches are becoming less and less worried about, you know, taking a political stance. And some of these questions on the table are really, you know, uh, it's whether you're going to honor God or not. And um, so I do think that there's actually a, a kind of a, a resurgence or, or that type of thing in the church to get more involved in politics and, and take a stance with a vote. And I mean, as you know, the, uh, if, if the Christian side of the party would just get more involved, a lot of, a lot of what goes on now would not be an issue. So this is something we want. We want our churches active and involved. And, um, you know, I've even, I have a, a friend that does a prayer call nationwide that this church related that has nothing to do with anything except for praying praying on political issues um so i think we are seeing more of that um these are 
these times are, are times that literally would be unimaginable years ago. And um, so not only do we have more of a socialist, communist, and I would even say corporatist um, influence, and definitely Marxist for sure. Uh, there's a lot of Marxism going on. and but, but also we have an attack on our family, on our principles, on God, and on, on what it even means, you know, to be um, just his child created him and, and have the ability to grow up you know, as as a child without influence, I mean, you look at the number of, of children who believe that they, and, and, and even adults who believe that they were uh, gay, lesbian, that used to be, you know, hover around two or three percent. Now it's up, I think, to just some really uh, new numbers up in the 20s, that kind of thing. Um, this is all due to the media, the normalizing of it, the making it cool. Um, these are, this is really a, a psychological problem, right, for our, for our country um, that this type of behavior is going on. But, but yes, I, I personally believe that there's going to be, um, and that we have seen the churches getting more involved. And as far as hearing it out there in the public, I mean, I think people are very frustrated. They are frustrated um, with the way that our government's going, that our country's uh, unrecognizable from what it was. And so we've just got to get back to that place that our forefathers intended. Uh, so Jim, we were founded oh, on right. God. Sorry. Yeah, and also, you know, on our platform, it goes over all of this. It, it, our platform it says our rights are from God. It go, you know, talks about the Bill of Rights and, and all of these wonderful things. So this is what our party is. Yeah, I mean, the power of facing God Almighty and one's right to personal prayer and collective worship principle number one all right that's number one number two the sanctity of life now always you know i i always get people that are democrats say how can you believe you don't believe in god you tell me you believe in god and you believe in abortion until birth and i'll tell you you're a deceived person. Mm-hmm. I Go agree. Ahead, Jennifer. 100%. Um, you know, I want to point out that even Satan and his demons believe in God. Yeah. Um, but we are separate. We are set apart. We are Christians, and we believe in the Bible and the biblical principles. And, and we have an obligation to call the LGBTQ agenda sin, which is what it is. Um, and it is now to the point where they're even chanting in the streets that they're coming for our kids. Um, we are to a point in this country where... Wait, wait, I just want to... Yep. Not making it up. Nope. Bottom line, that, that's been going on for years, by the way. Yeah. It's, it's not something that just started this uh, last year. Right. We're in the days where evil is being called good and good is being called evil. And uh, that is, I blame the Christians. And I've, I've said this. I say this at all my meetings. We are not loud enough. I'm also the president of Sling County Republican Women. So I'm going to bring in our fight down there um, against right uh, the ahead. books because I think it, this is a uh, important issue and brings up what you're speaking about. So we are fighting uh, pornography in the children's section of the library. And what we've done is we've asked the library to remove those books from the children's section and put them in an area inaccessible to children. Uh, the library is pushing back. You haven't said ban them? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, nothing no. like that, right? You didn't say no, ban? Only the other side is using that word. What I suggest the that they go side, look the word up the in the side, library. Like, like this one here? It's <laughs> so bad. We have an award-winning library, and all we deal with now is hate. 
and FOIAs. There's nothing wrong with those books. We buy books for everyone in this community, and every child should be heard and seen and supported and not marginalized because they're not white or straight or Christian. Or Christian. And when they can't argue on the topic, um, then they start name calling, and that's what they've done. Well, I've been they called start name, crying, too. crying, and name calling, and calling us hateful, and that's just what they do at this point. I just kind of laugh it off. But to your point about the churches, um, there are probably Saline County has a number of churches, but we probably had about three. Two that come to mind, but I think it was three that would actually talk about this issue, which is shocking and so disappointing because this is an issue that every Christian should be behind. Are you going to be targeted? Absolutely, because the world targets Christians. They have since the beginning of time. But you stand up because as Christians, our goal is to bring the kingdom here on earth and to be the light in the world. And so we are supposed to be fighting back. And so I have been disappointed that we have not seen more churches and more Christians, the Christians are the church, speaking up against this issue. Now, I want to point out that the LGBTQ community has been so loud, so vocal, so relentless that they now have an entire month dedicated to them on a national level, an entire month. Now, we down in Sling County, we put up a single billboard and it said, promise, not pride. And it had a rainbow behind it. Mm -hmm. That was news. We were getting media requests left and right over that. Shame on the Christians. No, we should I don't. be so shame, vocal. Shame on the gays because you <laughs> co-opt our symbol. Well, I agree, but they we never should have let them. Well, I agree That's with that. That's my point. We never but we shame should have on been them. so vocal. Oh, excuse me. Have, they have no shame. <laughs> well, they don't. <laughs> it's true. But the Christians should be so vocal that this should not be or a billboard like that should not be newsworthy. I agree. So. I don't disagree with that at all. So Christians know? need to start speaking up, and there are a lot of us, and if we would band together and be bold and keep our eyes focused on God and not the world, things become a lot easier and a lot more clear. All right, so when we come back, let's take this and and zero it in to where I uh, I wanted to bring it, and that is how do we get the Republican Party to reflect what the planks are in their platform? Because the planks that are in the Republican Party platform will lead us to do the things that we've been talking about here on the show now. So we'll be back to discuss that when we come back. All right, Sarah Dunklin with us, Jennifer Lancaster. Sarah is a first district chairperson. Jennifer is second district chairperson for the Republican Party. And so let's get to the the full brunt of what I want to do. And I'm going to have these these ladies back on in in the near future again once we start streaming i'll invite uh district three and district four doubt of district three will be interested in coming on my show uh, they haven't been too interested in anything that i talk about but anyway we'll uh, we'll talk to try to get everybody on so with what we've talked about today what is the future for the republican party Sarah, what needs to be done? What definitely needs to be done? First thing. Well, I mean, I think that we we can see, you know, 24 is the most important election. We've said that many times, but we it's all pretty clear now that if we don't make it and 24 and a different president is installed, then we lose our country. I, I think that that's 
abundantly clear to just about anybody at this point. So everything we have needs to be put behind 24. Um, my personal opinion is is that our party needs to get behind President Trump. I know that the, there are those that would disagree with me on that, but that is what I believe, um, that he is the man for the job. Um, I will say that, you know, we do have to make, I'll say, contingency plans, right, in case, in case something were to go awry, which with everything going on right now with the indictments, et cetera, um, you know, that we can't rule that out as a possibility. So um, in that case, we have to protect our state and protect county by county. So we need our we need people that are good, strong, conservative Republicans running for office. Um, the quorum courts um, are up for election this cycle, the legislative seats and, you know, some Senate seats. Uh, we need to fill those seats with good, strong conservatives and um, as many as, as we can. And it, 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 when you look across the list of JPs that, that we still need to work on in the state, it, the list would probably surprise you um, because some of those counties can easily elect a Republican. So we need to make sure that we are, you know, and I know the county chairman and lots have, have been running. Sometimes they don't make it and the Democrats or an independent still gets elected. But we need to continue and push extra hard this cycle for that because we need to protect our counties. Um, and then uh, we just need to, the people need to, you know, people out there just just need to stand up, rise up. And that's how we're going to take back this country. So, um, you know, fear is, is not a, a good thing, right? I think there's a lot of fear going on um, in the country right now. And so we just need to uh, rise above our fear. The Bible says, do not fear 365 times. I think that's important to, to remember daily and um, just stand up for who we are, our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, and who we are as a people. All right. Two minutes to go, Jennifer. Can you say what you need to say in two minutes? I'll do my best. Okay. It is about we the people. Um, the first three small words to our Constitution, uh, we the people need to stand up. And I think there's this misconception that it's that our government is, uh, if we fix Washington, we fix our problems. That's really no. not it. We need to fix our local counties. We need to fix our state. And that is actually something each individual can be a part of and have a big part in it. If you are a conservative, if you believe in our parties, the Republican Party's principles and platform, there is a place for you in our party, and we want you with us. And so we need you to join your local county committee, get involved. You can reach out to me or Sarah, even if you're not in the first or second district. And we'll be happy to help you get plugged in and uh, teach you the rules and teach you everything you need to know. I know when I initially joined, um, again, back in 2019, I've always been a Republican, but getting back involved in the party, I really wasn't taught a lot about the structure of the party and the institution or the rules. Nobody told me there were rules. Nobody told me there was a principle, um, uh, party's principles or platform. Um, it took me some time to actually discover this stuff on my own. So if you want to just reach out to me, reach out to Sarah again. We'll show you all these things. We'll show you where you can find them. We'll be happy to walk you through that until you feel like you are assimilated into um, our party. We want you with us again. So join you will be surprised what an impact you can make and uh, we'll be happy to walk alongside you all right so uh, i'm going to be uh, 
offering Jennifer and, and Sarah the ability to come on the show once a month. And, uh, you know, I'll let the other side come on, too. I've always done that. You know that I'll, I'll, I'll be true to that. So, uh, and think, here's the key. It, the old saying is, you know, either uh, we either we either hang together or we all hang individually, and and that's for I mean, that that was said by Franklin, mm-hmm. and he understood what he was saying, and we better understand what he's saying as well, because if we keep fighting against each other, the other side don't have to even worry about us doing uh, what we got to do, so keep that in mind. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.